I would talk to myself as if another, and it sustained me and it made me feel stronger. And as that happened, and I felt more confident in myself that my true best friend was me, was myself, all of a sudden, the weirdest thing happened. Like all these women were gravitating to me and wanting to be friends with me. You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 95 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here, and I hope you are doing very well today. I'm doing very well myself. I've got a wonderful guest for you to meet this week. Her name is Dr. Sharon Livingston, and she is the author of the book Get Lost Girlfriend, How I Found Myself When My Best Friend Dumped Me. Hmm, interesting topic, I know. Now, this episode is a very special one because we're talking about the often ignored topic of toxic friendships and what to do when a relationship with a best friend comes to an end. And I know this is unlike any other topic I've addressed on the podcast, but it is really important because on this show, I talk a lot about fostering strong business and work relationships. But if you want to build your overall confidence and happiness, you also need to take care of your personal relationships. Tony Robbins says, the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the quality of your relationships. And I have found this to be true as well. I am definitely happier and more productive and more confident in myself when I'm feeling good about the relationships that I have and I'm connecting well with others. So I was really interested to hear what Dr. Sharon had to share about friendship relationships and why, and she shares why we don't talk about them, even though they have such a profound impact on us. Dr. Sharon also shares her own story of how she was dumped by a friend, which of course led to her book, and she talks about how you can deal with similar experiences and how to become comfortable with being your own best friend. So if you've had a friendship end or if you feel like you're in a toxic relationship, make sure you listen to this episode. Now, not only is Dr. Sharon an author and a highly experienced coach, she's also the founder and president of the Livingston Group for Marketing, Inc., which is a brand marketing research company that implements projective techniques to discover how brands and people interact. She has a PhD in psychology and has consulted for over a third of the Fortune 100 companies on their biggest product branding questions. So she definitely knows her stuff. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash Sharon. Okay, before we get to that conversation with Dr. Sharon, I do have a couple of quick announcements. Firstly, if you tuned in last week, you'll know that I asked you to vote for me in the Castaway Podcast Awards. And if you've been following me on Facebook, you may have seen that I released a little video of me doing a song playing the ukulele, singing a song, asking people to please vote for my podcast in the awards. Now, I'm not going to share that song with you right now, but I will share it with you at the end of the episode. So make sure you listen all the way to the end of this episode to hear my ukulele rendition of a uh, please vote for me song. (laughs) And I'll also share at the end of the episode how you can vote for me if you haven't yet done so. 
And in other news, I am very excited to announce that I will be emceeing the next Run the World conference by the League of Extraordinary Women, which is a fantastic global community of entrepreneurial and ambitious women. And this next conference that they're running is called Tech Formation Women in Tech Conference. And it's happening on Saturday, March 11th in Melbourne. And it's, I believe, Australia's first ever all-day women in tech conference. And it's for tech professionals, whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, can't even say that word, intrapreneur at your work. So I'm really excited to be emceeing. If that sounds like you or if it sounds like something you would enjoy, do go check it out. It's at runtheworld.com.au or I'll also link it up in the show notes. I don't get any commission from ticket sales or anything. I'm just letting you know that I'll be there emceeing and having a good time, so you should be too. (laughs) Alrighty, let's get on to this week's conversation with the lovely Dr. Sharon Livingston. Now, you wrote the book, Get Lost Girlfriend, How I Found Myself When My Best Friend Dumped Me, which I find absolutely fascinating. Tell me what inspired the writing of this book? Well, it was a real life event where I was dumped by my best friend and who I thought was my best friend. Uh, I fictionalized it. So I've added some different kinds of things in there. But the the essential aspect of what I'm talking about is something very, very real that many people have experienced and don't know what to do with. We're not supposed to care if a friend dumps us. We're not supposed to care. We're, we're supposed to get over it and be grown up. But, you know, woman to woman, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to experience on both sides of it. You know, Jill, who is the... Uh, the, you know, the villain in my story, I'm sure she went through as much distress as I did. Can I ask how did she actually go about doing it? How she dumped me? Mm. <laughs> I, I was, you know, I'm a psychologist. I train coaches. I do marketing research. I coach people on all kinds of things, including relationships. And I was about to be running a webinar, uh, a supervision webinar, and it was five minutes before, and I get a call from her, and I pick it up. I pick it up, and she says, listen, I was away for the weekend. I thought about us, and we're done. And she hung up. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And that was it. (gasps) Wow. So what was your immediate reaction my immediate reaction was to text her like, Hey, wait a second, wait a second. And then I knew I had to run this webinar and I went into robotic mode and I have a capacity to put on a persona that, you know, functions. Uh, I have to tell you this, Christina, there was a time, uh, I do marketing research. That was what I did before I was a coach. And so I run focus groups and there was, uh, Oh, God, it must have been about 10 years ago. I was coming back from the West Coast to the East Coast in the United States. And I came back on, you know, a uh, a red eye. <laughs> and I went straight from the red eye to a facility in New Jersey where I had to run focus groups. And I realized halfway through the group that I had fallen asleep. I was talking in my sleep. <laughs> and nobody knew. 
nobody knew. So I am capable, I don't know where I get the facility from, but I am capable of staying like clear and as if I'm in reality with the other people while I'm somewhere else. So when this happened and I was like devastated, I was told like, what the heck, what just happened? But meanwhile, I ran that group. When the group was over, it was an hour and a half group. I got up from my chair and I started pacing. And my little puppy was, you know, pacing alongside of me. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I just didn't know. And it was, you know, the afternoon and the evening. And I started going up and down my stairs, going up and down, 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 like a maniac. And I thought to myself, you know what? There is no one trained to deal with friendships. You can get a PhD in couples counseling, in personal counseling, in family counseling, but there's nothing about friendships. And yet, what's incredible about that is that there's all kinds of research that proves that if we have good friendships, we live better and longer lives. So why wouldn't there be coaching or therapy for friends? But there's not. Why do you think that is? I think we have been uh, taught to believe that, you know, love sex is where it's at. You know, it's about family. It's about loving. It's not about friends. And yet there's this whole body of research about the impact of friendship. So I think we just haven't caught up to the research. And so what I had to do was treat myself. You know, what would I do? What would I do if someone came to me and they were, they felt broken like this? I would invite them to really experience their feelings. So over the next couple of days, I allowed myself to just feel without reacting to her because I had, you know, I had already sent her a text saying, Hey, wait a second. Don't go away. Don't go away. And she didn't respond. And I went, okay, we're done. What do you do when someone's done with you? I had to cry about it, rant about it, feel hurt about it. I had to express those feelings. That's what I would, you know, Christine, if you had come to me and said, I can't believe it. My best friend just dumped me. I would say, oh my God, you poor thing. Tell me everything about it. Tell me how you feel. And I would have sat there and listened to you rant and rave and rage and cry and whatever it was. And so I did that for myself. That's how I started. And then what helped you to turn around and, and like they say, get over it? So I have to tell you, it took me four months to get through this process, but four months is nothing. It's nothing. I mean, people, when I, when I uh, present about my book, you know, I did a TEDx on it and I've presented in other places. People come up to me at the end and they say, you know, something like that happened to me. And I'd say, well, when was that? And they say, 30 years ago. <laughs> I go, 30 years ago? Really? Well, what happened? And they was, they would start telling me, you know, all the details about it. And it was, it was a toxin they were holding in their hearts that had turned into like a boil that needed to be last and they had not released it. They were holding it for 30 years. You said in your TED Talk that you that living with a toxic friendship is like living with a bullet in your head. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you for having seen that. Yeah, um, because just imagine this. You know, the story I tell in the TEDx is about this guy, and 
There are so many stories about people who were shot in the head and didn't realize it. And they're living with this toxin that starts to move. And all of a sudden, you know, after many years, it's touching on all these nerve endings and people are having these horrible headaches and, you know, feeling dizzy and nauseous, all these feelings. They have no idea what it's coming from. And then they go to the doctor and finally the doctor takes x-rays and does MRIs and whatever, and they locate this thing and they'll say, well, when did this happen? And the person doesn't know until they start to think. One of my dear friends is Jack Canfield, who is the chicken soup for the soul guy. And when I was telling him about my book, he said, geez, you know, when I was 24, something very similar happened to me. And I didn't even realize the impact until a couple of years ago. And now he's in his 70s and this was in his 60s. He had gone to a healer who was dealing with, you know, his spine and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so the guy had his hand on the back of his neck and he said, what happened to you when you were 24? And Jack said, oh my gosh, that's when my friend told me we couldn't be friends anymore because he was a black guy and he, um, you know, found out that he could not be friends with a white guy anymore and still live his life, you know, as a, as a, a black Muslim. So he dumped me. And we were best friends. And, you know, when he talked about it, he cried about it. He really expressed his feelings about it. And then the problem that he had in his neck went away. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Like, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? So it happens to men also. I mean, Jack happens to be a gifted person, and he's willing to express, you know, the different sides of his uh, persona. Most guys wouldn't go there. But we as women, we are devastated. We are devastated when a friend leaves. Why do you think we take it so hard? Like, why do we react so strongly when it's, when it's the end of a a relationship with a friend? Well, because I think it represents, there are two parts of it. One of them is that it represents ourself. You know, you look in the mirror. I mean, I started looking in the mirror and looking at myself and I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to be your best friend. I'm going to be your best friend. What do you want to do today? And I, I started taking myself on these like little trips. You, you and me, me and me would, would <laughs> go for drives. Me and me would go for drives. Me and me would go out to uh, an unusual coffee place. Me and me would go take an art lesson and we would talk about it. So I would, I would talk to myself as if another and it sustained me and it made me feel stronger and as that happened, and I felt more confident in myself that my true best friend was me, was myself, all of a sudden, the weirdest thing happened. Like all these women were gravitating to me and wanting to be friends with me. And because I didn't have to have just one, I could have lots of friends. And that's, that's what my life is like today. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people that I work with, that I care about, and I love them all. And I don't have to have a best friend. And what that best friend represents is the relationship with the mother. Right. Okay. And and so if you haven't really thought about your relationship with your mother or resolved whatever was missing from there, then you're you're constantly like you're like you're a roving umbilical cord looking to to hook up. (laughs) And what I learned was that that was hooked to my own heart. 
and I could be my own heart, my own soul, my own, you know, mother and take care of myself. And since I do that and I know that that exists in me and I know what I love to do and what I can do for myself, I have lots of friends. It just was like magical. So do you think that women in general have this unhealthy need, this neediness to have that best friend figure in their lives? So I don't know that it's necessarily unhealthy. I think that we all have a need for feeling that kind of love and attachment and connection. And I think that when it gets labeled as best friend or best friend forever, that that really has to do with mother. And if you haven't resolved what's going on with your mother, then you're going to feel that neediness. And I love so many women. Christina, I already love you. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're fabulous. You're fabulous. Listen to the questions you're asking me that, that bring me out and help me tell my story. How could I not love you for that, right? Aw, thanks. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't you feel loved by me in this conversation? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of love in this conversation. <laughs> and so when we're able to do that just openly without expectation – then there's so much love. There's just so much love and we can give it freely and take it freely. But when we feel that need to have this best friend forever, that's really about the mother. That's mm. the mother we didn't have, the mother we wish we had. I love that you mentioned how you worked on being comfortable with yourself and taking yourself out to trips and treating yourself like your best friend. Because I, I mean, I'm a big believer in that in terms of an intimate relationship, if you're comfortable with being single and being on your own and you don't actually mm -hmm. need anyone to, quote, complete you, that's when you actually attract mm -hmm. really good people to you. And it's it's sounding exactly the same in in that, uh, but with relating to um, to friendships as well, right? And you know, it's so interesting. I uh, recently was divorced after many, many, many years, and it was so much easier to think about it with friendship. A little bit harder with um, you know a love sex relationship, but you're absolutely correct because if I can be my own protector, if I can be my own rescuer, if I can be solid in myself and not feel like there's a hole in my body that needs to be filled, well, mm. then I'm not needy. I'm not desperate. And people come to that. People like knowing that you are solid and that pertains to friendships and it pertains to every kind of relationship. So you're absolutely right about that. Are you married? I don't, I don't need to know what your marital status is. No, I'm not married. I'm not married, but I am living with my wonderful partner and we've been together for um, a year and a bit. <laughs> so not a really long time, but we, we really love each other. <laughs> what made that possible, do you think? We communicate very openly and honesty, honestly with each other and we were very open and honest from the very start which I believe is why we're able to have such a strong relationship so so quickly. Yeah, for me, it's communication. And I think that's a, a really important piece of it. And, you know, when I think about what happened with this friend that I had, I thought we were communicating. But sometimes, sometimes when you are a good communicator yourself, you might not notice that the other person's not communicating back. Mm. And that's really important to check. Yeah, it because it works both ways. And, and I think that you need to have 
perhaps like maybe something to consider, like a weekly check-in, like, well, how are we doing? How can I serve you better? How can you serve me better in this relationship to make sure we're on the right track? Mm. And I, and I think that works in friendship relationships. I think that works in love sex relationships. I think that works in parent child relationships in, you know, work relationships. We need to check in with each other and not assume Absolutely. And not just continue to be in that relationship and not do any work on it because all relationships require that work. And the work is about checking in. The work is about looking at what each of you needs to make this continue to be a good experience. And and also like when you run into snags, uh, well, what happened there and what is, what's going on and what does that remind you of and how can I help? Mm. because because if you the, the the deeper you care about each other the more likely you are to remind each other of parts that didn't work in the past whether it's with a, a previous friend a previous lover your parents but you need to allow that to heal let's talk about toxic friendships because we've we've talked a lot about what it's like being on the receiving end of someone breaking up with you. But what about if you recognize the relationship is becoming toxic and you want to break up with your friend? How do you go about doing that? So it's really interesting. There there are different models of looking at that. So one of them that is kind of interesting is that one person tends to be the codependent, one pen, person tends to be the narcissist. So the codependent is, codependent is anything you want, anything you want, anything you want. The narcissist is anything I want, anything I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, that doesn't mean that either one of them is good or bad. It does mean that they get in trouble with each other. Now, here, here's the deal. Probably if you are thinking about this, you're probably on the codependent side. The narcissist, even though they, they're wonderful and they have their own t- terrific aspects, they don't think that they're responsible for anything that's going on. They don't think that Mm. they are the ones who, even if they're just on, you know, low level narcissism, they go, what's going on with that person? What is she doing? Why is she doing that? Like, oh my God, you know, I was just blah, 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 you know, on my merry way. And all of a sudden this person is doing blah, blah, blah. What the heck? I think I better confront them about it. Whereas the person on the codependent side is going, oh my God, oh my God, I better change. I better change because... You know, my, my friend, my lover, my, my family member, whoever they are, is finding me to be excessive, to, to be asking too much. Okay, I better change. And so when you find yourself thinking about how much you better change, it's time to step back and think, how do I view myself? Who am I? What do I need? Am I getting my needs met? And if not, perhaps it's time to rethink the relationship. I'm thinking about a time when I was in a long-term intimate relationship and it was quite toxic for me, but it took me a long time to realize that. And one telltale sign was that I felt like I was, like you said, I was turning into a different person. I was changing. <laughs> and But the kicker was that I didn't like the person that I was becoming. Right. Right. Excellent. And I I would do things and I think, hang on a second, that's not me. I'm not right. I'm not like this. I'm a generous, kind, loving person. 
why am I behaving in this way? And as soon as I realized that, I thought, that's, I, I can't do this anymore. I have, this is like being in a, rela- a relationship, a good relationship should make you want to be a better person, right? Yes. Not a worse yes. person. Yes. Yes. When you start, you know, second guessing yourself, when you start holding back on how you really think and feel, when you start, um, pandering to that other person, when you start changing your behavior to make the other person happy, happier with you, not right. There's something wrong there. And I ended up ending that relationship. Like in the way that you mentioned earlier, I just, it was a confrontation. It was one conversation. This is, this is done. Not doing this anymore and end. Well, you know what? I think that when, you know, our Jill, the person in my book did that and let me know that it was done. Uh, in a way she gave me a gift because I'm not so dependent that I was going to go beg her and thank God, but (laughs) thank whatever powers may be. Right. (laughs) But, um, it gave me an opportunity to rethink, reevaluate, look at what happened and to heal myself, but not to run after her. Because when you run after that person that's left, all you do is make it worse. All you do is make it worse. If there's an opportunity for it to come back, um, taking some distance allows us to see the dance. If someone's still dancing with you, they'll come back after you. If they don't, it's done. It's Mm. just done. And what a gift. What a gift, right? Because you're no longer trying to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you. Instead, you are trying to be with yourself. Actually, a couple of months after that relationship ended, he, we had a conversation and he thanked me for the way that I'd ended it. He said it was the most, he said it was painful at the time, but he realized later that it could have been so much worse if it was just an ongoing thing or there was, there was uncertainty about it. So he actually came back and said, thank you. I appreciate the way you did it for, for not being a bitch about it, for being, doing it the best possible way you could. And it sounds like you did. And, um, you gave him an opportunity to, you know, think about what happened and, you know, what he wanted. And, you know, that that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. And so isn't it interesting that it's a similar dynamic, whether it's friends or lovers, right? Mm. Well, I had this, I had another experience. This is one reason why I really wanted to talk to you about this, because I had a similar experience that impacted me deeply a few years ago when one of my best friends moved overseas and we would exchange emails and we'd Skype and then eventually she just stopped emailing me and I would email her and, sh- and I, and she just didn't respond at all. And that even that, the thought that she might not want to talk to me, I was doing the codependent thing. I was going, what have I done wrong? Is she mad at me? What, what have I done? And, um, and eventually I found out that she no longer wanted to be my friend, but I had so, I went through so much anxiety leading up to that point um, I actually, I spoke to a life coach and she said, look, you need to, you need to prepare yourself for either answer, you know, whether she does want to be your friend still or she doesn't. And whatever her decision is, you have to send her love and 
and respect her decision and, you know, be comfortable with that. So I had, I actually went through that healing process before I even found out that she didn't want to be friends. But when I did find out, it made it much easier to deal with because it gave me closure. And what did you do? Like, how did you, how did you deal with that? I wrote a blog post. <laughs> I, had to, I had to share it because I thought I, I thought I have to share it. And it taught me a huge lesson. It, it taught me that if you, like if you're feeling these negative emotions, it's all to do with you and, and how you feel about yourself. And, and like, like you were saying, your, your own needy, neediness and, and all of that. And I learned that if you send a message of love to someone and you, and you think to yourself, you know, you don't have to physically send them something, but you, but you think to yourself, um, you know, I wish you all the very best in your life and I respect your decision and, and whether your life, whether, whether your best life includes me or doesn't include me, that's okay. Cause I want the very best for you, you know, and, and if you can send that message to someone, then that brings so much peace and resolution to you. Um, and that was a powerful lesson for me to learn. And I think there is that. I think you're nicer than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think it's okay. I think it's really okay to feel the frustration, to feel the upset, to feel the anger, the hurt. That's really okay. It goes away. I mean, I only wish my Jill well. I wish her well. And I was furious. I was totally furious. I was hurt. I was devastated. At that point, you know, in the very beginning, I wanted to kind of punch her. Like, are you (laughs) kidding me? After all I did for this relationship and, and you're just leaving. So I, I think it's okay to feel all of our feelings. And then to know, I mean, you know, I would never hurt her. I would never do anything to hurt anybody. I, I can't hurt a, a, you know, a cockroach. I mean, I hate cockroaches, but I can't hurt them, right? So, <laughs> but to have your feeling about it. Oh, my God. So um, I have to tell you this funny story. Many years ago, I had a boyfriend and I was at his house. He had a little tiny apartment and I was cleaning the kitchen in this tiny like studio apartment. There was a kind of separate kitchen and this, this, this cockroach started walking across the grate, you know, the, on the stove. And I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. And I wanted to hurt it. I wanted to hurt it. And at that moment I heard this loud scream, like the cockroach was screaming and it was feedback from the stereo system, but I didn't realize it. I just heard the scream (laughs) and I went, Oh my God, the cockroach is screaming. The cockroach is screaming. And this, this guy let me believe it was the cockroach (laughs) for about a day. And then he told me it was feedback from the stereo. (laughs) And Oh my goodness. You know, in a moment, we might feel intense feelings and we want to hurt and we want to strike out. And yet I didn't do anything to hurt the cockroach. Even a cockroach, I did not hurt the cockroach, but I wanted to. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay. I mean, think about what happens in the world and, you know, all the devastation and all the people who are killed and maimed and all these horrible things in war. Feelings are okay. Acting is not. Mm. Dr. Sharon, we're, we're coming to the end of our conversation here, unfortunately, because I, I really could talk to you about this for, for hours, I feel. Um, 
Can you share what's one thing that you recommend listeners can do to start becoming more comfortable with themselves, whether or not they've had to face an experience like someone dumping them, their, their best friend dumping them, but just so that they can perhaps prepare themselves better or, or deal with something that they're going through right now, what's one thing that they can do? So one thing that was magical to me was looking in the mirror and seeing myself as another and saying, hey, I care about you. I really care about you. What do you want to do today? How can I How can I be there for you in a way that makes you feel good about yourself in some way? A little tiny thing. You want to go for a mm. walk? Do you want to you know, play a game? Do you want to, how can I help you? How, well, how can I be there for you? As if you're another and do it, do it. I mean, you'll be shocked what you see that the person looking back at you is going to have a, like a weird expression on their face. Like, really, really? You want to be with me? <laughs> and I mean, I can see that. I can see the little girl looking back at me and saying, oh, really? And we started doing things together. Me and me. Do things with yourself. Love yourself. Be your own best friend. See what it would be like to just spend time with you. Mm. I think that's, that, that's the, the main gift I would like to give people. I mean, you know, if there was a secondary one is when you feel whatever you feel, write about it. Don't worry about your writing. You don't have to be brilliant, but like journal about it, write about it, get it out get it out. You don't have to stuff that down. You don't have to, you know, eat it down with, you know, junk food. You don't have to drink it down with alcohol. Just get it out and don't do anything with it. Nothing. Just let it out. Love it. Dr. Sharon Livingston, thank you so much for being such an amazing and generous guest on the show this week. Hey, if people want to learn more about you and grab a copy of your book, where should they go? They can go to getlostgirlfriend.com forward slash book. And that'll take you right to Amazon. Um, you'll have fun with it. I guarantee it. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can call me 603-505-5000. It might take me a while to get back to you, but I promise I will. I promise. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Sharon, for being so generous. Thank you. This was so much fun. What a beautiful, generous soul she is. Big thanks to Dr. Sharon Livingston for being such a wonderful guest on the show this week. Make sure you visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Sharon. That's thecmethod.com slash Sharon. I'll link you up there with where you can get in touch with her. Okay, I think it's time for me to deliver what I promised at the very start of the episode, and that is the song that I recorded on video last week to ask you to vote for me for the Castaway Podcast Awards for the People's Choice Award. Alrighty, you ready? Here goes. You're probably at work feeling really bored. Why not help me win a podcast award? Vote for my show. Now, 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 thank you. It would help out a bunch, so before you go out for lunch, vote for my show. Vote for my show. Vote for my show. Don't be a schmo. Maybe you listen to my show or you don't. 
Apologies to Electric Light Orchestra for ruining their song. That is actually one of my favourite songs and I was pretty excited that I was able to do that for this video. Now, if you haven't yet voted, I would really appreciate, if you like that song, to go and vote. The thing is there are a few steps involved, so hear me out. I want you to go to thecmethod.com slash vote. That's thecmethod.com slash vote. That'll take you directly to my voting page. All you got to do is click the thumbs up that's on the page there, and then it'll ask you for your email address. I know this is slightly annoying, but you will have to put your email address in. They'll send you an email, and then you just click on the link to confirm. Okay, so you got to go. So go to thecmethod.com slash vote. Click the thumbs up. Put in your email, check your email, click the link, and it's done. Whew. It's not that hard, really, but it can be confusing if you don't have those clear instructions. So I hope that helps, and I hope that you do go vote for me. I would really, really appreciate it. Help me become number one, people's choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that is all from me this week. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome, and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.